Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoy Lean. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. It is finally the championship week and weekend. We've made it through the regular season. A couple more games to decide who's going to hoist the trophy, cut down the nets, and play in the NCAA tournament. It's the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast. Why I'm Earl Ryan Mitchell. Ryan. The dream's in the process. All that's great. But now we've officially made it to the games that are going to determine who officially gets to lift that trophy up and what a couple of games we had this weekend to kind of determine the playing field as well. What what a stretch we've had here in the last week or so to get to this point. How we doing and how would you describe what it's been like the last week or two to get to this moment? Because it, it, it really was even crazy right up until the last games on Saturday. Yeah, I hope you're doing well. Also, Wyatt, uh, lots of drama, lots of suspense as of late. Season's on the line, and now we have a bracket set. And it's uh, one of the greatest things that you can say in any sport is now we have a bracket to chew on, and we will get to those matchups. But like you mentioned, we got to recap what happened this past weekend to get the four teams on each side. So we got a lot to cover talking about what just happened, and then we will preview the semifinal matchups as well. Some weather shenanigans maybe to come later on. But my advice to you and to all the listeners, and I am saying this to myself as much as anything, soak it in. There's a lot of uncertainty right now when we're recording. When are these games going to be played in the semis? We'll speculate about that later. Whenever these games happen and we finally get to the end of the week, not finally, I mean I'm more than patient to wait till that comes, but then it's going to be all over really soon. So... As I hand it back to you, Wyatt, that's that's what's on my mind right now. Soak it in and enjoy whatever this week has to bring as we move forward. Well, we're certainly going to soak it in, and it should be good. And, I mean, we're going to soak in some snow, too. That is what it is. Oh, we'll yeah. see what happens with everything. But uh, hopefully you're staying safe down there. We're not getting it quite as bad up here. Uh, it's, it's more so the you know coming off the weekend monday type thing but as the week goes on i know you're gonna get pounded we're, we're not quite as bad up here so hopefully you guys which stay is a safe rarity down there. it's normally always it the flip yeah no so not that i don't have compassion for you but <laughs> i mean normally it's the other way around so i'm okay with it staying south of us and uh, hitting the twin cities but anyways like i said hopefully everybody's staying safe down there and uh as far as what that'll do if they'll play the games wednesday or not it is what it is we'll get to that and we'll preview those but very quickly let's recap some of the games that got us to this point from this past weekend because like i said right up until saturday it uh was kind of up in the air as far as who was going to be competing in the conference tournament so Let's start on Friday on the women's side. A couple of results that were critical in the playoff push. Right away, Superior beats Minnesota Morris by two points, 54-52. to 52. We know coming into the weekend, Superior was going to have to make some noise. They had two huge matchups at home, and they get it done on Friday night. So they are into the playoffs. They ended up getting it done on Saturday, too, which I'm sure we can touch on briefly as well. But they are in to 
the playoffs here with a impressive performance against Morris and then they beat Crown, but specifically against Morris on Friday night. Man, I, I whatever it was, defensively or Kalen Christian stepped up again in double figures, lots of different people contributing, just an all-around really good effort. And uh, somehow they win the game, turning the ball over according to the box score, which I think it's meant to say uh, 21 maybe. It says 31. I, I'm doing the math and I'm not seeing it. Oh, maybe it is 31 actually now that I add it up. That's just insane. They turn the ball over 31 times and they win the game somehow. So what are your initial thoughts from that one and just how Superior was able to get this done in a game they kind of needed to have? Yeah, that number is absurd. I mean, <laughs> if we knew beforehand one of these teams is going to turn it over 30 plus times and you're going to win? Like, are you kidding me? And Wyatt, when's the last UMAC game when you combine what Morris had with 25? I mean, <laughs> 56 turnovers? For, for two For two teams who are in the tournament. So they're, yeah, they're not both bad in. basketball teams. <laughs> so. <laughs> which which we've known Morris has kind of had the problem with the turnovers at times this year, and I'm sure they'd like to see that number down too. But overall, they did turn Superior over more, and they still couldn't get it done. So, I mean, hats off to Superior on somehow coming away with this win. And another big reason why is look at the rebound discrepancy too, Ryan. 39-19. to 19. Like, yeah. those are the two biggest stats that pop off the page. But uh, it was a game, I, I don't know if they necessarily needed to have it coming into the weekend per se, but we knew if they went 2-0, and they'd more than likely seal up a spot, and that's exactly what they did with this one. And then against Crown, how impressed were you just overall with Superior this weekend and what they were able to do? Yeah, I mean, what a season that all culminates in what they had over these last few games to end the year when they had a hot start to conference play, we know, and then they hit a little skid and they had a couple blips on the radar, and you're questioning, okay, first-year head coach, Lots of question marks with this club. How can they get it back in the right direction? I mean, to finish the season with a win at Northwestern and then this past weekend with home wins against Morris and Crown, two teams that had a ton on the line with big games at home in a building where there's been some disappointing results so far this season, like I've mentioned in the past. I mean, what can you say about the job that Coach Carpenter and her staff have done to get this thing back in the right direction to get them into the postseason and we'll obviously talk about their matchup with North Central in a little bit but then also you know getting all the way up to the number three slot by the end of the weekend yeah it's got to start with their defense I mean what they did against Northwestern to hold down that offense to give them a chance and then to win in overtime and then what they do in this game to pick up the win over Morris that we're talking about on Friday night and then you know to look ahead to what they did on Saturday, they hold another team under 50 points, 62 to 49 mm -hmm. over Crown. So that's the calling card for this club wide, and it's no surprise because when you and I talked to Coach Carpenter in the fall when they were just in the early stages of their season in the non-con, she said that's what we want our identity to be. And I'm sure if you told her coming into the game you can turn over the Cougars 25 times, she'd be like, all righty. That's what we need in a big-time yeah. game. Let's do it. But then uh, on the flip side, yeah, you're still minus six because you turned it over 31 times. I'm glad you mentioned the rebounding number, Wyatt. I do not know the last time I've seen in a box score. Yeah, they had the big-time advantage, 39-19. to 19. That's plus 20. That's absurd. They had more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds. 20 2-0. 20 offensive rebounds. And all those things add up, Wyatt, in a game where you win, maybe not a rock fight exactly, but 54-52, to 52 and it's going down to the wire. All those little things of forcing turnovers, getting second-chance buckets, digging in defensively all night long, it adds up. And 
I'll quit rambling along, but I don't think we can say enough about how the Jackets finished this season. When we look back at it a few weeks ago, we said, man, oh man, this is a tough ending stretch. Like they're going to have to earn it. It won't be given to them. There's going to be teams down the stretch they're playing that are really high quality and could be fellow tournament teams. I mean, if you're a Jacket fan, you got to be real excited about what Coach Carpenter has done with this club. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to be clear here, because I don't know if we mentioned it off the top, we're going to recap, obviously, the games from the women's side here. Maybe not all of them, but just the important ones. Same on the men's side, and then we'll also preview the games in the uh, conference tournament as well. So this is kind of a combination of a recap and a preview. If you want to get involved, feel free to email us, uaotheumac at gmail.com. As always, that's always an option. You can also uh, hit us up on Twitter at unlike any other, the UMAC. Find us on there as we uh, post the links to all of our podcasts. Had a great interview with Bethany's head coach on the men's side, Pat Garvin, recently. If you uh, have not got a chance to listen to that, feel free. We got some other great content interviews from uh, throughout the season up there as well. So with that, though, uh, yeah, I want to go from one team to another that did not have a very good weekend, though. So And it kind of leads into the game of the weekend, which was a win-and-in situation for both Superior and Crown, because Crown won on Friday night as well. So both these teams come into this matchup on Saturday at 7-6, and six, and we already knew that Morris and Northwestern and North Central, they were all going to be in coming into this game. So this was the win-and-in situation for both of these teams. Bethany had been eliminated by Friday. Friday night so it, it was a great game early and then the third quarter came around and that was just what crown couldn't overcome superior outscores them 24 to 7 in the third and the rest is kind of history they're the ones that get into the playoffs not only in but now they're going to be the three seed as well which we'll talk about because now morris is going to go to northwestern as the four versus the one but crown a tough end of the season off of something that was pretty promising. I actually had them winning both games and making the tournament. That did not come true. And again, the third quarter is really what sticks out in this one. They just were not able to really get anything going. They couldn't overcome it. Uh, they shot uh, decent. I mean, 6 of 19 from deep, 19 of 49 from the field overall. And I mean, uh, there's nothing really that pops off the page too much. It was just superior was better efficiently and uh, did enough to slow them down offensively. And again, the big third quarter. So as far as as crown goes and we're going to do letter grades like later on ryan but uh, as far as they go for like what they were able to accomplish this season with coach bridgeport tussler in his first year i know they wanted to make the playoffs all things considered disappointing weekend but i would say a successful season for them in the grand scheme of things moving forward would you agree with that yeah, I absolutely absolutely would Wyatt. I'm glad uh, you laid it out that way cuz you finish over 500 you're 500 in league play at 7-7, seven and seven, and you had an opportunity on the last day of regular season winning in. And like you said, it didn't go their way. They wish they could have swept superior on the season, but lots of bright spots. It's a first-year head coach, and it's something to build off of as this program tries to move forward. I think if you told any Polar fan that you would be going into the final weekend of the season where they're at, and then specifically the final day where you have a chance to win and you're in, they take it, okay? Why they all take it, and obviously mm-hmm. they can look and nitpick and say, "Ah, if we did this and this, we could have been in. If we would have been able to find one more win or find a way to beat the Jackets, it was their defense again, and they were plus seven in the turnover battle uh, in this game Friday, or excuse me, on Saturday for the Jackets, and so that was obviously a huge difference in this ball game. But it probably hurts now, and like you said, I'm glad you mentioned we're going to do letter grades for each squad mm-hmm. in a future uh, episode once we get to the end of this UMAC tournament. So if we're talking about a team that hasn't made 
the tournament. We're not going to talk about them as much, but if you're a Polar fan or of another squad who didn't make the tournament, rest assured we will circle back once this whole thing is over. But I don't think you can be too upset, Wyatt. If you're being honest, if you're a Polar fan, probably hurts right now for Coach Tussler, for all the players, but still a successful season, I'd agree. Yeah, like you said, I mean, we'll get to some of the other teams later on this year. This isn't going to be a typical recap necessarily. Only other things I really want to touch on before we move on to the men's side. Northwestern took care of business. They're going to be the one seed. They look as tough as ever going on the road, picking up two nice wins. Like I said, Morris, that's probably the biggest disappointment of the weekend more than anything. I know Crown wanted to make it in. They still won a game. Morris goes 0-2, and uh, they couldn't pull it off against Northland. Talk about a huge win for the Lumberjills, something to take into the offseason with them as they take down Morris. Morris falls to the four seed and we'll maybe touch on it when you know we preview this game between Morris and Northwestern but I'm not sure either team is necessarily that happy with how things played out now yeah that's not really a bad way to put it Wyatt because you know coming into the weekend we were saying as I'm sure a lot of people were okay we can see a path where Morris is the two and where it's them and Northwestern hosting games in the semis and then they hope they meet in the final and it's two teams who've had really big runs in the second half of UMAC play. And we know Northwestern ultimately didn't go undefeated because they fell to the Jackets a few weekends ago. But, you know, them and Morris for large stretches look to be, okay, they're the best two teams in the UMAC. And you could argue if you're a Ram fan or a Jacket fan with what we've seen recently, hey, we think we're better than Morris, and the seedings would say that right now. And that's a whole nother discussion. But, yeah, it's fascinating. We talked about it coming into the weekend, how much things could move around. I don't know how likely we would have said it could be, but clearly it was open and left to happen that way where it did, where Morris somehow falls from the two to the four, and obviously that's not insignificant. I think if you ask some Eagle fans, though, and maybe even coaches and players, they may say, Wyatt, well, we're just glad we're not seeing Superior in the semis. And again, we'll get to that when we talk about the matchups upcoming. But yeah, fascinating how it panned out. And It's not an unfamiliar place, though, for the Cougars. So I think that's what Coach Grove and his staff are preaching to their players this week in practice. Hey, we were a four seed last year. We had some success, and we fell just barely short of a championship. So, yeah, we wish we could have had a home ball game, but you don't have any time to lick your wounds. And I will say, I thought it was going to be a tough one on Saturday against Northland. I did mention that. I still picked the Cougars in a tight one, but... The Jills can score, and like you mentioned, Wyatt, it's a great building block for them moving forward. And just real quick, 10 seconds, shout out to the Knights. I mean, I was still believing for one final time (laughs) in the weekend. I said they were going to get North Central. They did, so shout out to them. Good memory at home to close out the regular season. I'll give you credit. You always had a pinky toe or a thumb or something on the bandwagon. You never were 100% off. So I'll, I'll count it good. And you were right. You you uh, you were able to ride or die with them one last time. They get it done against North Central, which it's interesting because then it didn't really hurt North Central all that much. They ended up getting the two with the way things played out with Morris. So if anything, maybe they're just concerned about uh, if anything was exposed or there's anything they need to work on for their semifinal matchup. But they're still in the same spot that they would have been if they had gone 2-0. and So I guess in the grand scheme of things, the loss didn't really hurt them. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot more on the women's side. We'll touch more, I think, on some of these matchups specifically when we break down the playoff games. So I, I don't really want to say too much about it. Is there anything else you want to add before we move over to the men's side? And, and like you said, I guess I'd say about Northland, Miranda Wagner, that was a heck of a way to end the season for her. Uh, she'll be, in my opinion, I mean, if she's not, it'd be crazy not to be first team all conference. I mean, with oh, the yeah. numbers that she put up offensively. So yes. I don't know if I can go as far still as player of the year necessarily, but uh, that win certainly a statement for them. And she, she had a heck of a year. So I got to give her a shout out as well. But anything else you want to add before we hop on over? 
No, I mean, we'll talk about it more when we preview the semifinal matchups like you mentioned, and if you're one of those teams that didn't get in, we'll circle back to your squad and give an official letter grade to end the season at the end of the week once we wrap up the UMAC championship whenever that takes place. So stay tuned. Okay, on the men's side of things, again, we won't necessarily hit all of these, but the bracket is set. And and again, we never officially set it, I guess, on the women's side, but it, you kind of could tell. It's Northwestern Morris in the one semifinal, and then you got North Central Superior in the other one. On the men's side, you got Bethany. They wrapped it up on Friday night to win the regular season, so they're the one that's going to go through their gym. And uh, in their first round game, they're going to end up getting Morris now with the way things uh, played out. And then it's Northwestern Superior, which is going to be a fascinating matchup in the 2-3. But if we look at some of the results to help get us there from over this past weekend let's start superior hosting morris on friday night another huge game it was a huge night over there in superior on both sides of things and uh, how big of a win was this for superior ryan in your mind because i mean they were already basically you know i, I didn't think their seed was going to change a whole lot and uh, unless something drastic kind of happened this weekend so it wasn't like they necessarily had to win these games but they look good in this one again as they have really all year in the offense again. The biggest thing, they're scoring 80 points, and we're not, like, surprised by that. I think that's what really sticks out. Four guys in double figures, big win for the Jackets, and overall a very solid weekend for them. Yeah, we were singing their praises on the women's side. It's the same on the men's side. It was a magical weekend at the Mertz Wyatt. They go four for four and four huge games on both sides of the coin. And, yeah, you talk about the offense, I mean – I don't know what else we can say for the differences we've seen with this club. When you shoot 46% from the field, 47% from deep, and 19-22 from the line, and you don't even turn the ball over in double figures, and you're plus eight in the turnover category, and I could go down the line more and more and more, but I, that's all you can ask for if you're Coach Polkowski and his club. I think Fahrenholtz Wyatt is really taking his game up to the next level as we head down the stretch here. You know I'm going to continue to give him love because he's my guy on the fantasy side, and uh, we'll circle back to that maybe later on in the week. But, yeah, Javon isn't always going to seek his shot all the time in game-to-game action when we look at it. And I think back to the Northwestern game I saw in person, he didn't really start getting his till late in the ball game where he had a couple big buckets. But in this one, more assertive, getting to the line a ton, also – Dishing out assists, I mean, 23-7-5 and five to go along with four steals. You can't ask for anything better from him. So if I'm Morris, though, Wyatt, I mean, yeah, it's a tough loss, but they made it somewhat compelling down the stretch after being down nine going into the locker room. And it's a tough team who's on a roll right now. Yeah, they wish they could have won the ball game, but obviously, as we'll get to in a moment, it ended up panning out for them. So I don't think you can say it was – a weekend to forget now it almost was because man oh man on saturday we'll get to this one in a moment i guess but they they almost lost to northland on mm-hmm. the road in the kendrigan center where it was senior day for the lumberjacks and they almost played spoiler big time to the cougars so mixed bag for morris over the weekend they did what they needed to do though and now we move on to the next stage but yeah the big takeaway with the jackets why they are peaking at the right time. They are definitely playing their best basketball of the season, and they're rewarded because they get to play a home game in the semis. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a game, too. Speaking of the team they're going to play, Northwestern, so 
They, uh, again, they, they were locked in after uh, Friday night, believe it or not. So they lost their game to Bethany. Bethany got the one, but then Northwestern had clinched a playoff spot. So they didn't necessarily have a ton to play for, per se, except maybe just making sure they stay in the three spot, let's say, guarantee that by beating Martin Luther. They do. They handle business, and they get the win. So it's a one-on-one weekend for them. Uh, that game against Bethany specifically, and again, like I said, we talked with Coach Pat Garvin. If you haven't heard that one, that's out now. So feel free to look that one up on our uh, podcast page as well take a listen to that it's about a half hour really good stuff from him but they're the one seed now how impressed were you with their win over Northwestern on Friday and is it absurd for me to ask this question you don't have to answer it because we'll get to our picks later but if I said it's Bethany versus the field and you had to choose one I mean that seems like a seems like a favorable thing to say as far as like I I don't think that's outlandish and I certainly don't think it's outlandish if I did it on the women's side as well with Northwestern versus the field you know what I mean if you took the one seeds or you took the field do you think that's a fair argument to make with how good Bethany has been lately yeah I mean where you're going to get action on both sides you're saying and it's not going to be oh my goodness Vegas is going to be overwhelmed yeah that's what I I would think it'd be somewhat split I feel like you know and and, hey you know what maybe I'll put a poll out there if I actually (laughs) can do something for once but uh Seriously, I I think Bethany's been that good in the big games, and we talked about the home court advantage thing. They're going to get to play postseason on their home court. They haven't lost a game there yet, so I they're just a different team for whatever reason. So how impressed were you with them this weekend? Uh, the the game against North Central obviously killed the Rams' chances after what happened with the Morris Northland game, like you mentioned. But Bethany approached that, wanting to win that game, and uh, they had another just really solid week, and they're playing like a number one seed right now. Yeah, it was fascinating stuff in the North Gym over the weekend, Wyatt, and I was able to watch more of the action in that gym than than any other place just with how my schedule worked out. But it was impressive because they got off to a good start, but then Northwestern really pushed back, and they had a really good stretch in the first half where with eight minutes to go, they're up by double figures. And so Bethany did well to close the half on a high note and end up actually taking the lead going into the locker room. And you know, start of the second half, there's tons of offense back and forth. I mean, 2K10, we'll maybe talk about the player of the year discussion a little bit later, but he's right in the thick of it. I mean, he was on a heater early on in the second half for Northwestern there, just dribble handoffs to him and quick setting a little ball screen just to give him a little bit of the room as they hand it off to him. And he's four feet beyond the three-point line. It doesn't matter. He's drilling him. He was looking like Cade Carroll in that gym last month doing what he did against Bethany. But then from there, Wyatt, we talked about it coming into the matchup. What are you going to get from the guards, Fuquay, Pasternich, not a lot there at all. I mean, Seth had been playing really good basketball as of late going into that ball game. He only has one field goal in the whole game. That, that cannot happen if you're Northwestern to beat a team like Bethany on the road. Now, your guy Parker Bainey did do a nice job with 11 points off the bench, so that's still a story I think moving forward is how those two together are able to operate at the point guard position for Northwestern, but just... Not enough to keep up with the Vikings. They were able to hold them down from three-point land in the game that they beat them at the Erickson Center back in January, and they are able to score north of 80. Now, offense just a little bit off, and then Bethany at another level where, yeah, it doesn't pop off the page, but why? It's a whole lot different, even though they only shoot 31% from deep, 9 of 29. That makes them so difficult to beat because the two times they've gotten beat this season crown and northwestern both did an unbelievable job holding them down from deep i think the eagles held them to four makes from three-point land and crown it was one or two i think that the vikings made from deep so just a little bit of a stretch where they can get hot from deep and Jax madsen was doing it a bit to start the second half made all the worlds of a difference for them and huge to see him start to turn it on here 
down the stretch because he had a patch where he was kind of cold for them. So, yeah, so many options. It's tough to slow them down. And why you knew that not only did they want to wrap up the number one seed on Friday and say, okay, we can breathe and not have to worry about that going into the last day of the regular season, but it means something for them to do it against Northwestern. I mean, the Eagles have had squads across the UMAC, their number, if you will, where it's been tough to get a win against them. We talked to Coach Polkowski about how tough it's been for the Jackets. I mean, they get a sweep this season against Northwestern in two really tight games, but that's something they haven't I don't know if it was ever, but it was it was remarkable when I was looking up the numbers on that. Similar for Bethany. Okay, I think the Eagles have beat them the last five times. There have been some really good battles, but why don't you think it meant a little extra for Bethany to not only win a regular season championship on Friday night, but to do it against Northwestern, a squad that they had lost to the month before? Yeah, it is interesting you say that, and obviously they overcame and kind of conquered the mountain a few years ago when they won the conference championship on that same floor against Northwestern, but this is different, you know, with Coach Garvin and just a different team, so I agree. I I think it is meaningful for them to do it the way they did, and then, like I said, I was impressed the way they came out Saturday with really not anything to play for except maybe who you want to see in the first round of the tournament, let's say. Exactly. I would ask you that, Why Do you think that's what they were playing for? Because you could argue they could have gone out there and they could have played it a lot differently, pulled back the reins on some of their big guns. Do you think they played their big guns, for lack of a better term, for a lot of that game so they could avoid a Northwestern in the semis? Here's the deal. Anybody who they're going to play is going to give them a tough game. That's just the way it is this time of year. I mean, the team they're playing now, Morris, because they beat North Central, took them to overtime, and in the other game, they only beat them by two. So I, I don't know if they necessarily had that thought in mind thinking they'd rather play Morris than North Central but uh, I, I I think they knew regardless they're going to get a tough game in the next one so why not just keep our guys rolling and try to not make anything different at this point not that it would affect anything necessarily in the grand scheme of things but sometimes it can throw you off even if you change something a little bit so they really just kept it on and uh, I was impressed with the way they played Saturday this is a team that's going to be really really tough speaking of North Central though because, again, you know, that impacted them. I mean, if Bethany doesn't yes. necessarily play their guys, let's say, they win, they're going to be in because they took yep. care of business on Friday night. Morris did not. And they don't know what's going on over in Ashland. So they're, they they know they just got to win. Don't leave it up to chance. Well, they're unable to get it done. I can imagine there was quite a bit of agony seeing the score between Morris and Northland and knowing you're eliminated when it's all said and done. I, you know, I'm sure they probably checked when they got in the locker room, whatever it may be. But it's uh, got to be a tough, tough day uh, over there that evening for North Central. It was a great year. Again, it's kind of like crown on the women's side, Ryan. I'd ask you, in the grand scheme of thing, with Coach Becker in his first year, not necessarily a bad year by any means. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you can nitpick here and there at some moments where it could have been different, but you look at you know Northwestern, okay, they split against them. Bethany, you only got Micah Filer against them in one game, and it was on the road, so that's going to be tough sledding. The ones against Morris, I think, are the ones they may want to have back where you couldn't get one against the Cougars. They're a tough team, don't get me wrong. But then you look, you know, a team like the Jackets who Northwestern couldn't beat, they swept them. So when we look at the top teams, they were pretty good. I mean, they just barely missed out on it. And I would agree with you, Wyatt. I mean, yeah, they were just short. Yeah, they easily could have been in. But for a first-year head coach with what he did with that club and some of the really impressive results that they had in a season that was kind of a roller coaster at times to get it back on track. And they had a huge weekend last weekend at home and keeping things alive with a big win at home against Superior. 
not all bad. I know it hurts for them now, but when they look back on it in a little bit, I think there's a ton to build off of. But uh, wow, Wyatt, what a career for Micah Filer because this was his super senior year, and uh, he tried to go out with a bane to get him into the postseason. He didn't leave the floor, as we've seen so many times. He did it on the road Saturday in Mankato. He put up 23 to try to lead the way for his club, but again, we've said it a lot, just not enough. I mean, you get some scoring from Tanner Holtman then as well, but it is tough to keep up with Bethany if they're going to put up 80-plus on their home floor. You better come ready to play offensively. Northwestern found that out the night before, and then a similar fate for the Rams as well. But, uh, yeah, we're going to miss Micah Filer. At least I will, Wyatt. I mean, one of the best pure scorers we've seen in the UMAC over the last chunk of years, and uh, he left it all out there. He will not be forgotten, but uh, big shoes to fill for North Central as they look forward. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think he's right up there. Him and Kyle are the two that are going to be going for player of the year. I could see the argument to either one, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the coaches vote. But great career for him. Hats off to him for everything he did for that program. The big performances that he put in, he was a fun player to watch. So it is tough to see it come to an end. But, uh, yeah, Morris, they were able to get it done at Northland on uh, Saturday, even though it was close. They pulled it out. That's all that matters. And so here they are now with a chance to play in postseason play. So other than that, I, I don't know. Is there anything we're missing here before we move on to our previews? I, I think I've said pretty much everything I want to say. Yeah, I mean, the only one we really didn't dig into, but we mentioned, you know, Morris hanging on. They did enough, and, th and that's the key. I think Conagieser hit a huge three. I tried to pull up near the end of that game on the right wing to take a lead with just a few minutes left in the game. So, I mean, that thing was in the balance. So, I mean, tip of the cap to Coach Sorensen's club. I mean, again, we're going to do letter grades for everyone once we get to the end of this week and play is officially done in the UMAC as far as the tournament goes. But, yeah, on senior day, they left it all out there, and uh, darn near came up with a victory in that ball game in a contest as well where a guy that we talked about in, in the last pod, Langston Flowers, didn't even play. Here is um, confirming on the box score. So, I mean, if they have him, you're really wondering where they could be potentially in this ball game. And this is unbelievable, why. but Jordan Brennan also didn't play. I, I don't yeah. know what happened, but Brennan and Flowers don't play and they almost win. Like, how, how remarkable would have that been if they do that and thus they bounce Morris and North Central gets in? I mean, this was almost like a next-to-unbelievable result based on what we've seen this season. It is. I, I don't want to speculate as to what happened to and why they didn't play, but that is that is remarkable that they were able to keep it as close as they did because basically every single game for them this season – who are the two leading scorers? It's it's yeah. Jordan Brennan and Langston Flowers. So that is remarkable. And uh, I don't know how you're feeling, I guess. You're happy if you're in if you're Morris, but you know you obviously got to play a lot better. So kind of a weird feeling, I'm sure, for them, which, knowing which, that uh, they got in the way they did. Well, yeah, and which for Coach Grove and his staff, I mean, maybe do they get the attention of their players more? I mean, you're going to be motivated and ready to prepare and do all that anyway when you're in and you get into the tournament, but now even more so it's like, guys, I mean, we we need all of your attention and you got to do all the little things right if you're going to have a chance to go into Mankato and beat a Bethany squad. So, yeah, fascinating result there, but uh, my guy Noah Conagieser, like I said, doing it off him and Paul Dack, each with 19 points, and uh, down the stretch they get her done. So, yeah, I don't have anything else if we want to move on to the matchups at hand. We have a bracket, Wyatt, some of the greatest we words have, in sports. We have a bracket, and you know what? It's a lot easier to get a perfect bracket in this <laughs> tournament than it is in the March Madness 64-team field. So I like our chances here. One of us can get a perfect bracket. But anyways... 
Let's hop back over to the women's side. Unless you have an objection, I want to go 1-4, then 2-3, which means we're going to talk about Northwestern and Morris first. You gave me control, so, I mean, if you do have a problem, that's that's kind of on you because you, no. you did say I could choose what we're doing here. So Take the wheel. We're going to say, I don't know, 5-10 minutes for each one of these matchups. I'm going to have you start with this one. Give me your thoughts on it, matchups to watch. I'll come back and kind of give you my thoughts on it as well, and then we'll pick the game at the end. So you go first. What are you most excited for in this matchup? Give me a couple big things you're watching, stuff like that. Just give me your breakdown if you can. Yeah, I would be happy to. Uh, I'm excited for this matchup. Lord willing, I will be there in person whenever this game actually gets played, and we'll talk about those shenanigans maybe to wrap up this episode. But, you know, the first thing I think of wide is, okay, what did we see in the regular season? Two obviously really talented clubs, Morris, a ton of experience, Northwestern a little younger, but obviously we know how good they are. They're the number one seed for a reason, okay? almost going undefeated. You look back to the matchup in December. I almost throw that one out. Okay, they're going to return to that site at the Erickson Center, but that feels like eons ago. A really sloppy game for long stretches, but the Eagles win 60-53 to for what it's worth. Okay, the game that matters a lot more. Both teams riding in on big win streaks. Easily the two hottest teams in the UMAC and Northwestern dominated. Okay, 71-48 to over Morris after the Cougars had a really good start initially. The Eagles make a few adjustments and they cruise from there on out. Maybe more than any other matchup, though, that Wyatt, that we're going to talk about in the semifinals. Not that the regular season matchups are meaningless. Don't get me wrong. But before I, you know, kind of finish my synopsis, I'd hand it over to you. Would you disagree with that statement? Where sure, there's something, but especially in this one, the reason I say that, for so many of these Northwestern players, it's going to be their first time playing like mega minutes in a big playoff game. Okay, you look back to last year. Taylor Shuck started the game for Northwestern. She's now a sophomore, for those who don't know, as a freshman in the semis against North Central. And then you had players like Hagen and Landvik playing some minutes off the bench. But off the bench is different. I mean, you come into this ballgame as a starter, there's more minutes for some players, especially like Lexi Hagen, there's more expectations. Morris, they were really good in the postseason last year. They've been there before. They have the experience. They're not afraid to go on the road. So do you track with what I'm saying where maybe more than any other semifinal matchup, Sure, the regular season matchups give us something to chew on, but I don't think we should put too much stock into them. I agree. I think they also always do mean a little something, though, to a certain extent. So I get what you're saying, but you can't just throw them out completely is what I would say. Yep, I would totally agree. So, I mean, most recently what we saw, okay, we talked about it. Tough weekend for Morris on the road. Two tough games, though. But you can't help but think, at least I do, Wyatt, What would be the target number where if Northwestern gets to 60, 65, 70, I mean, stop me when I'm at the number where Morris cannot have it get to X number to win the ballgame? Because I think they want this to be a much more defensive game than maybe Northwestern does. Well, I think 70, I'd be a little little nervous. To be honest, I'd be really nervous if, if Northwestern's getting to 70. That might be too much. I, I think they gotta they gotta like you said, slow it down and try and keep it lower than that. I, I do not think they want this game near seventy. Biggest thing I'm looking for for Morris, can they match the depth of Northwestern? I mean, we talked about it mm, with Coach mm-hmm. Call a little earlier on this month after they wrapped up the regular season. Would encourage you to go back and listen to that interview if you wish to do so. And hey Wyatt, here's the beauty of this. Every single team that's in the postseason, we've talked to that squad's coach, meaning the eight teams when we have the men's and women's. We've talked to each of those coaches at least once, if not twice. And for this matchup, yeah. we've talked to Coach Call and Coach Grove 
both yep. in this month of February. So folks, if you didn't hear those interviews, go back and listen. I mean, the content they provided, we talked about the big picture and moving forward, what's going to be key down the stretch as you head into the UMAC tournament. So, you know, chew on those and you'll get some good insight for next level analysis heading into this ball game, if you will. So back to the discussion at hand, as I said, Morris has got two players off the bench who have been dynamite. Lexus Red Thunder and Tariq Brownotter. Two players that are going to have to show up and play and score off the bench because the Eagles have it and they have it in spades. Okay, If everything stays the same, you're going to have Robbie, as we call her, or Megan McGowell coming off the bench for Northwestern as a super senior. She's going to be huge, Wyatt, just to calm the nerves and really be a leader early in this ballgame for Northwestern. Settle everyone down. I don't think there's going to be huge issues with Northwestern saying, oh, the lights are too bright, we can't handle it. But it obviously is going to be big to have number 40 in white on the floor for the Eagles. And then other players off the bench, Riley Hershey, who's been dynamite from deep all season long for Northwestern, one of their leading scorers, period, even though she comes off the bench, and then Allison Terry as well. I won't keep naming names, but that's something I look to. It's going to be really hard for anyone to match the scoring depth of Northwestern, but Morris has two players off the bench who can be pretty big time. That's the biggest thing I'm looking at, though, as you mentioned, Wyatt. I honestly think they got to keep it. 65 or under if you're the Cougars if Northwestern gets just under 70 or at 70 I don't see a way and it may even be where Morris you know if you tell them this game is a game like they played Friday night I know they lost it against Superior they didn't take good care of the basketball but they held the Jackets to just over 50 if I'm Coach Grove and his staff I'm looking at the tape from the two games Northwestern played against Superior and I'm trying to figure out okay Obviously, Northwestern in those ballgames, don't get me wrong, they had some cold shooting performances where they had a lot of good looks but couldn't hit. But really dig into that film and say, what did Coach Carpenter and her staff do to hold down this Eagle offense? Really, unlike anyone else has done in two games, when we look at a totality performance against Northwestern this season, can they come up with something similar to give their offense a chance to do enough? Defense has got to lead the way for the Cougars on the road in this semifinal. So you hit a couple of things I want to talk about, too. The biggest thing right off the bat that I look for in this matchup is, like you said, the depth. Because I think Morris, and I've said this before this year, actually can match up with Northwestern pretty well from that viewpoint. of They got a lot of different players that can hurt you on any given night and have a lot of balance. And that's one of Northwestern's biggest strengths. So I think Morris matches up pretty well with Northwestern in that aspect. I also think Northwestern needs to try and, you know, what's been Morris's biggest weakness turnovers Morris has to take care of the basketball if Northwestern can get them to turn the ball over and especially early and get a lead I think Morris is going to have a really tough time coming back and that'd be the third key is Morris needs to try and get an early lead or at least be within striking distance if you spot Northwestern a lead and allow them to play in front especially in a game of this magnitude, which, like you said, Ryan, there's a lot of players maybe playing for the first time in this kind of a game with significant minutes, then you're going to be in trouble. you got to try and get them out of their comfort zone early. So I think those are the biggest things that stick out to me with this matchup. Like I said, I think you got to take some of what happened in the regular season over into this game, but at the same time, it's not necessarily going to apply that much this is its own entity in that sense so it'll be really intriguing game I think it also helps Morris the fact that they were the four seed last year and had this opportunity in front of them and were able to go and beat Bethany on the road in the semi so they literally just did this last year and I, I don't think anybody really expected them to do it 
Not that, you know, nobody expects them to do it this year, but I don't think there's any question Northwestern with the season they've had would be favored to win this game on their home court being the number one seed. So Morris has done it before. Again, that's why I said maybe it's not the matchup Northwestern necessarily wanted. Nonetheless, you got to beat everybody at some point to go and win the championship. It's going to be a heck of a semifinal game I'm really looking forward to. With all that being said, you ready to make a prediction on this one and tell me who you have advancing into the championship? So I'm going first for this one, and we'll just I'll go flip I'll back go and first forth. on the next one. Yep, okay. you okay. you go here, and then I'll go on. Yeah, the Yeah, because predictions one. reset, and this is big because I obviously got smoked by you in the regular season. So uh, we're, <laughs> I'm putting that aside, and I'm trying to move forward in this ballgame. Yep. This is a massive semifinal. I mean, I always speculate moving forward and think about what could be on Championship Saturday, and now you know we'll get into that later. Maybe it's Championship Sunday, but who could we see in that penultimate moment? Well, this is the penultimate moment, I should say. Who who will we see in the ultimate moment? There we go to finish up the season. I thought it maybe could have been this. It, it could be like a championship feel on a semifinal contest, mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of the UMAC with how these things can shape out. I'm going to take Northwestern. I think their offense is a little too much, and I totally agree with what you said, Wyatt, your biggest point that I am in 100% agreement with. Both coaches push the envelope. Do not wait to get into the rhythm of the game and then kind of make adjustments, survive the first couple minutes, see what you got. No. Come in with a game plan early. If I'm Northwestern, it's maybe not a full-on press, but I agree with you. Show some token pressure. Get Morris's offense out of their rhythm and say, we're not just going to let you settle into your half court and maybe get some mojo going. And I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Grove is trying to do the same thing and trap in Northwestern near the half court line in spots that work so well against the Eagles a season ago and really helped them down the stretch. Wyatt, why did they win against Bethany on the road? They pushed the envelope defensively, and that was a huge difference. And obviously, they don't have to defend a Hannah Geisfeld because Northwestern doesn't have one of those this season. But anyway, they are ultra versatile and talented i'm gonna throw out a score i know you may not but i just like to do this and if it's wrong it's wrong i'm gonna say northwestern gets it done they get some free throws late to get this number up a little bit but 73 to 65 morris does score a little bit down the stretch to get some more points up on the board but if it gets near that 65-ish range especially near 70 I, i think it's hard for morris to keep up in this ball game And yeah, I could not agree with you more. Opening five minutes, forget the first quarter. The opening five minutes of this game are going to say a ton about where this could go. But the later it is, Wyatt, if it's close down the stretch and Morris has an opportunity where it's not putting the Eagles on the line and seeing what happens because the Eagles are a really good free throw shooting team. I like them in that spot. But if it's close within a possession or two with five minutes to go, that's all Morris wants to do. On the road, put some pressure on Northwestern and say if Superior did it not too long ago in this building and we got all this experience and we did it last year, why can't we do it? No one is questioning that Morris can come on the road and pull off a win in this ballgame. Just put Northwestern in that spot late. That's what I'm saying if I'm a Cougar fan. Let the chips fall if they may. And if I'm an Eagle fan or a Coach Call and any of his assistants, I'm saying that is the last thing we want. It could be in that spot and then we'll have to see what happens. But let's build a little cushion going down the stretch in the fourth quarter so we don't have to face that against such an experienced opponent. 
I will also be taking Northwestern to win this game. And like you said, you think it's going to be an eight-point game. I'll give a score prediction as well. I think the Eagles win this one. A little bit lower scoring. I got them at 68, and I'll say Morris gets to like 59. So I'll go nine points. I, I think it's going to be close for a while. I think Coach Grove will have his team ready to play in this kind of a game, kind of like they did last year. And again, there's a lot of pieces here to make me think that, you know, the Cougars could compete and potentially pull off an upset in this game. And I agree with you. I think it is going to be a championship-type atmosphere. Uh, you and me, we love college football, and I'm not trying to drag on the other semifinal here, but this has a Georgia-Ohio State kind of feel to it where the winner of that game was going to win the whole thing. And again, one of the two other teams in the other semifinal absolutely could win the championship. I'm not saying they aren't, but this has a championship feel, and this is certainly the semifinal I'm more excited about than the other one. So I, and, and I'm Coach expecting— Coach Grove is like Ryan Day. I see where you're going here. It, it all adds up. I don't he's, know who the I, CJ I think, Stroud is. I but. think he's got a little bit better of a resume than Ryan Day <laughs> to a certain extent. I mean, he's kind of already climbed the mountain. Ryan Day, not so much. Whoa, so, I mean, shots fired. Fair, fair comparison to a certain extent, Ryan, but I, I can't go that far. So, yeah, I think uh, Northwestern wins the game. Like you said, I think there's just too much there playing on their home court. If Morris doesn't get out to a big lead, I just don't see how they're going to be able to eventually keep up and win the game. I think they'll keep it close throughout, but Northwestern, at the end of the day, they, there's a reason they're the one seed. They've been solid all season, lots of different ways they can hurt you, and I think they get it done 68-59. to 59. So should be a great game. Looking forward to seeing how that one goes, like you said, whenever it does get played. But Can they uh, get the monkey off the back? I just have to mention, and Eagle yeah. fans probably mm-hmm. hate this, but they've lost the last four seasons in the semis. And last year, yeah, a lot of people and, believed they were going to beat North Central, including myself, uh, and I had egg all over my face later on that night. So, Well, and, and honestly, I think it helps that it's a completely different makeup, though, too. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, uh, not, not that it hurt that they had all the players they did for, for so long, and they were great players, but they just, like you said, sometimes it gets in your head a little bit. They never could quite, for Good whatever point. reason, get over that hump. But now, you know, this team, they're, they're not really used to, to that mindset or that philosophy if you will so uh, they're, they're not subject to that so they're 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 a completely different team in that aspect and i i think they can so okay other semifinal and this one is uh, again intriguing for its own reasons superior is going to be taken on north central north central ends up getting the two so a lot of questions with north central coming into the season ryan as far as if you know they were going to be able to get back to where they were a year ago and uh you know with the pieces they were losing you, you uh, had just, so just, many questions you you had yeah a lot no of I, <laughs> hey but but here we are they they find a way to get the two seed they're hosting a playoff game in this opening round here in the semifinals and uh, their opponent well it's it's going to be a good one because superior they've had a heck of a season themselves under first year head coach emily carpenter to get to where they have been this year it's been really fun to watch and i can't help but look back on the matchups in the regular season because I think that does play a role here. When Superior played North Central at home in January, the Rams went in one by 13. Then they go at North Central, and North Central wins closer, but they win by six. So they got the sweep. It's really hard to beat a team three times in a season. So I think if uh, Superior, again, quick starts are always a big thing in the game of basketball or any sport, especially in playoff time, you do not want to have to come back from an early deficit. So I think a quick start is going to be crucial for both of these teams, kind of like the other semifinal. It's not going to be a shock. I'll probably say that on the men's side as well. Get off to a quick start. Kaylin Christian just had a really good game. Last time out, I still think they're going to need her to do a ton if you're superior. And Katie Dobson's been having a great year as well. She's going to have to play a role in this game. you got to lean on your stars, I think, if you're coach Emily Carpenter. And then on the flip side for North Central, 
can you knock down the three ball consistently? Because there have been games this year where they've shot the three really well, and then there's other games where they don't, and they've been able to win some of those games. I don't think they can afford not to shoot well from deep in this game if they want to get the win. With the way Superior's been able to play defense at times this year, and just with the way you know they can compete and some of the results they've had recently. So if North Central does not shoot the three ball well in this game, I'd be concerned for them. I think they got to do that. They got to be able to limit Superior star players. On the flip side, Superior's got to rely on them. And I think a quick start is crucial for both teams. Should be a good game. I'm not maybe quite as excited as the other semifinal for this one, but this one has its own intriguing pieces as well, especially being two first-year head coaches. You know, we talk about the experience in the other semifinal matchup with uh, coaches that have been around for a really long time, and then you get to this one, and it's two coaches in their first year with their programs. So, a uh, very interesting game in its own, you know, respect. Absolutely. Great stuff there, and I'm glad that you mentioned the two matchups in the regular season, Wyatt, because I think we take a little more into account, at least I do, with those matchups than I did for Northwestern versus Morris and it's the last loss that Superior had. Before that final three-game stretch that I was mentioning to end the regular season, game before that, they lost against North Central on the road at Clark Danielson. Closer than the first time, so they made it tighter, but it's similar kind of what we talked about with Morris moments ago. I mean, especially you could go even lower, Wyatt. If you're the Jackets, I mean, you, you don't maybe even want to have to score 60 or 62, 65. They could. But look at where they've been at their best this season. It's not that they're putting up big offensive numbers and turning the dial to another level where they're in the high 60s or in the low 70s. No, it's the defense obviously leading the way. Two keys to victory for North Central at home. Take care of the basketball and control the glass. Because there are some stretches wide. I agree with you where you don't know exactly what you're going to get from two really good shooters in Maya Mabane and Joel Telso. But... They only made four threes in their last game they played against Bethany Lutheran, which their season was over. That's worth noting. But North Central is still obviously trying to ride into the postseason on a high note and some seeding things still up for grabs for the Rams. They only made four three balls, just four 13. But when you have someone like Caitlin Vanderplug getting 16 boards in just 26 minutes, massive. Don't settle. That's what I'm saying if I'm North Central. Why? I agree with you. They're going to have to make some timely threes. But especially against a superior club that is undersized. Like, they have no one. If they get the ball on the block to Caitlin Vanderplug and just let her go to work, that's not necessarily their MO is to just feed it into her and she gets up a ton of shots. But if I'm the Rams, I'm saying let's use that. And then Kayla Hola off the bench and what they can do off the dribble as well. Telso and Mabane can still get into the lane. Don't get me wrong. Bryce Brewster really coming on big time. The freshman out of Burnsville here in the last stretch of the last couple weeks. That's the key if I'm North Central at home in this ballgame. Do not settle. Get into the paint. Make things happen from there. And dare Superior to say, you're going to have to defend us in the hard areas. Now, easier said than done. I mean, the way they defended Northwestern in the game that I saw a few weekends ago in person, as soon as the Eagles get into the lane, they're swarming them with two, at least two, if not three people. And it's kick out open threes left and right. So that could be the story in this ballgame, Wyatt. If North Central even is getting paint touches, they might not be able to finish there. They're going to have to kick it out, and they may have to make some three balls. But first things first, if you're the Rams, get into the hard areas, see what can happen from there. They're really, really good free throw shooting team. Okay, that's a big one in this ballgame. So even if you can't always score, Mabane and Telso are excellent from the line. So those guards get downhill and dictate things from that standpoint. Get to the free throw line early, get into a rhythm, 
Superior, though, you could argue why they got the best on-ball defense in the league. At least maybe right now they're playing the best on-ball defense. I think that's what this game comes down to. I don't know how many paint touches it takes for North Central to win the ball game, but it's how many times you can get into the blue area and find a way to make something happen from there. And if I'm the Jackets, I'm saying I'm packing it in big time. I'm making them shoot over the top. And if the Rams have a good performance from downtown and you know what? We say, ah, oh, maybe our closeouts weren't good enough. If I'm Coach Carpenter's squad, I live with it. If they're making seven, eight, 10, 11, three balls, you just say, you know what? They're going to beat us that way because we cannot allow them to have these good looks in the paint. We got to make it tough from there. And that's kind of what they've dared Northwestern to do multiple times this season, and it's worked out for them. They went one and two against them and almost beat them twice. So that's the mission if I'm superior defensively, and that's the side of the ball I'm looking at. Now, can the Jackets do enough offensively? We'll see. It starts with their defense, though. Can they turn over the Rams in this ball game on the road? Yeah, lots of great stuff there, and I'm glad you mentioned the rebounding piece because if we go all the way back to the resolutions episode, I'm pretty sure my uh, New Year's resolution for Superior had to do with rebounding. They they need everybody to do it, so uh, they, they don't have a lot of size in that aspect. So very intriguing part to this game as well. As far as score predictions go and who I have moving on, I'm going to take North Central at home to get it done. So I'm taking the two home teams on the women's side. I think they win this game. I think it is a little bit lower scoring, kind of like what we saw in the regular season with these two teams. Again, I don't think North Central is going to have any issue trying to pound it inside, like you said, and uh, maybe get to the free throw line too. And it's going to take a really good effort from Superior to win this game on the road, which they're capable of doing. But uh, I would say North Central coming into this game is maybe like a five-point favorite somewhere around those lines and I'll take them to win and I think they're gonna win uh fairly handily I actually think they'll win this game 62 to 50 and I think think North Central is gonna head back and uh fly into the championship game against uh well Northwestern if if it plays out the way I think it will so downtown Minneapolis to St. Paul exactly and the place (laughs) would be packed out so it'd be it'd be a lot of fun but I I think North Central gets it done what say you yeah, Minnie versus Paul for all the marbles. Wow, that would be a good one. Something I haven't noted yet, Wyatt, but want to mention really, really quickly. Morris and Superior are both saying the same thing. We're in. Anything can happen. Yeah, we're on the road. But what's one of the toughest things to do in all the sports, Wyatt? Any sport we're talking about. Beat a team three times. You, you, you've read my mind. It's like we've done this before, somehow. Yeah, I mean, in both of these matchups, the team on the road is 0-2 against the team at home. But they're saying third time's the charm. It's going to be real tough to beat us three times when the margins are so, so thin. And Superior is playing as good as anyone right now in the UMAC. Just ask Northwestern and ask Minnesota Morris. North Central, though, like I said, they were the last team to give them a loss. They're on their home floor. You're facing a first-year head coach in Emily Carpenter, and I'm glad you mentioned that they're both first-year with the program. But, you know, Coach Zabla... Has a little more experience, but for both of them, it's their first playoff game. So I, I guess you can say that's kind of a wash from that standpoint. I'm going to take the Rams. I think it's going to be a tighter ball game, though. I do not think it's by double digits, but I think it's by six or seven. And I think the Jackets are going to have to have a whale of a defensive performance. I think they're going to have to keep the Rams, honestly, under 57, 58 at the most to have a chance in this ball game on the road. And it's going to start early. Much like we mentioned with Morris, I'm going to say the same thing with Superior. Get that defense going early. Give some doubts to North Central. Force them into some jump shots. Clear one and done. You can't have second chances for the Rams. Everyone's got a rebound, like you mentioned, Wyatt. See if you can get out and run a little bit here and there. But uh, can their defense do it once more? Because, Wyatt, if they pull off another win and they go four in a row, I mean, this is going to be an unbelievable stretch for Superior. And you know, all Jacket fans are saying is, give us Northwestern again. 
we we don't fear them whatsoever or maybe you know they end up hosting Morris and this whole thing is a 3-4 again for all the marbles in the final but they're saying regardless we just beat Morris we just beat Northwestern this is kind of the one we got to get the monkey off the back it's not the championship but for the Jackets they're saying hey if we can just get over one more hurdle man oh man do we ever like our chances in a final whether it be Northwestern or Minnesota Morris all right, so we got to move over to the men's side here as we take a look at these semifinals between the, well, we'll start with the 1-4 again like we did on the women's side. Bethany's going to take on Minnesota Morris, and uh, I'll let you decide. Do you want me to go first on this one, give my thoughts, or do you want to keep it the same where you give your thoughts here on this one, and then I'll do the 2-3 first? Yeah, I, I can go first if you want. I can make this a uh, little tighter and tidy this thing up here. So like you mentioned, I mean, Bethany Morris, two highly compelling regular season matchups. We talked about them earlier in overtime out at the North Gym in Mankato last month. And then just a few weeks ago, they win by just two on the road at Morris. This could go either way. I mean, why look no further than our conversation with Coach Garvin. Again, I encourage people to listen to that one if you have not yet already. But he literally said we could play really well in this ball game and lose and it could end what has been a really really good season it could end so abruptly and he wouldn't be surprised whatsoever obviously they like their chances at home though in a place that they haven't lost so far this season like you mentioned you could argue it's like tiger woods in his heyday a guy that coach garvin's a big fan of you know you take tiger or the field and sometimes in golf you're like well that's absurd i mean we got so many good players at the top well wyatt when tiger was at his peak It would be hard-pressed to bet against him, especially when we got to a major championship week. I'll stop it with the golf references. But Bethany, you could argue, is at that standpoint as the number one seed. Anything can happen, though. It's the same bit that I said moments ago. Can you beat him for a third time? Or for the Cougars, is it third time's the charm? I know in these spots, sometimes we talk too much about the stars that got to be stars, but I think it's true in this thing, Wyatt. Connor Geezer's got to be a dude. I I think he's got to put up at least 25, if not close to 30 points, and really fill it up for Morris to win on the road, where their defense has been better this year. Better is the key word. Don't get me wrong. Coach Grove talked about that with us earlier on this season and would encourage you to listen to that one as well. But I feel like you got to put up at least 75, if not upper 70s, low 80s, if you're the Cougars to win this ballgame on the road. Do you have enough offense? I think this thing is under six points. Morris is in the ballgame in the final five minutes. I don't know what the difference is this year. We talked about it with Coach Garvin, but something with this squad, they have found a way to close. And I think they do it once more here in the postseason. Bethany comes out with a victory. I'm going to go 84-79. to They make some free throws late to get it forward to a championship being hosted in their own gym. Sam, I'm a little disappointed, Ryan. You were supposed to let me give my thoughts and then give your score prediction. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to get it all Come on, done. man. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the time oh. here and just trying to rip it all up. No, I, so. well, hey, look, I appreciate that. Don't worry. We got some time, so don't feel like you have to rush by any means. But I'll, I'll give my thoughts anyways, though. Don't worry. I'll, I'll give you my input on this one. So you're, you're expected to be a close game. Not that it can't be. I mean, when the two teams met, they were both very close. I And as hard as it is to beat a team three times, I totally get that. I agree with you with that narrative. I feel like Bethany is the much better team in this matchup. I feel like they're locked in and focused. They have not lost a game at home this year, which we've touched on a ton, which for whatever reason, they just, they're a better team there, which a lot of teams are at home. It just seems like it's different for them though. It's going to be an uphill climb for Morris. I'm a little concerned with what I saw against Northland and quite frankly, this, this past weekend and at times this year, again, they play games close, so I don't expect them to get blown out, but I do think Bethany's going to win somewhat comfortably. 
if Morse is to win this game, it's got to be Noah Conageser, right? Th- 35, I mean, it, 38, 40 burger? May, maybe not that much. <laughs> but if he could even just impact the game other ways, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's going to have to do his fair share of scoring. But he's got to be the guy that has a really efficient game. He can't afford to be missing 10 shots, you know, which has happened a couple times this year. He, he and had a bad gonna... game last time against him, remember? They lost by just two, but Noah was not good. So you know he's motivated. Yeah, well, and I think Morris can match up all right with them. They like to, you know, they like to score at a high clip with Beth, which Bethany does as well. So they're not going to be as scared to get into a track meet. I tend to think it will be a little bit higher scoring, but I think Bethany outlasts them and wins the game. There's too much depth. There's too much balance, and they're just locked in right now. I, I got to take the top seed here in this matchup. So I'm going to go Bethany to win this game. Let's go. I, I I'm gonna go even higher scoring than you did. I'm gonna go 93. Whoa! For just Bethany. put him on a TDW. I mean, just go up a little further. Come on. It's close. It's close. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say they're gonna score 100. I do think they get all the way up to 93 though, and and I understand it was 74, 72 last time. I just think this will be more of a track meet. 93, and we'll say. I'll give Morris 83. We'll go 93, 83. But uh, but it's not gonna. Popcorn. It's not. It's not going to feel very close in the second half, though. I think I think Bethany will be in control of this game with a great atmosphere, great crowd, and I think they will uh, they'll they'll get back uh, or they'll they'll get back to the championship is what I meant to say. So should be should be a good one though. I I am looking forward to it. And again, we've talked about it, and this is nothing against Hunter Nielsen because we've had him on the pod, and he's a great player. But I think you got to make Bethany almost play through him more if you want to try and beat him or slow him down. Just because when their guards get going at such a high rate, Ryan, and they've been so successful, you just you can't slow them down, and there's just too much to hurt you. So you almost want to make them push it inside more and play inside out more with Hunter. I feel like so we'll see if Morris tries to do that at all. Yeah, he's a guy that's back, though. I mean, just to wrap this real quickly, Wyatt, who's been in this spot before, they're uberly talented, don't get me wrong, but being in a spot like this at home in a playoff game, I mean, for Sagdahl, for Madsen, for Ackley and Patterson coming over from Superior, they haven't been in a spot like this before. I mean, they've passed every test this season. Don't get me wrong, they haven't lost at home. Obviously, they believe they're the the favorites, if you want to call them that, like many would, being their, their number one seed, but... We talk about experience on the woman's side for the number one seed. I mean, it's not the same thing here on the men's side, but you got a lot of guys, White, who haven't been in this spot. So until you've been in this spot and you're a killer in this spot and you're locked in and you're making shots and you're playing at your best level, there's still a little bit of a question mark, at least in my opinion. And a lot of those questions can be answered in the first three, four, five minutes of the ball game. But if you're Morris, you're saying, hey, they don't have any more experience than we do other than, again, I look at a guy like a Hunter Nielsen, and Riley Ashburn was really good this past weekend too coming off the bench. He played on the road a good chunk at Northwestern last season. But otherwise, a bunch of guys in starting roles who haven't been in a playoff game. I mean, you think they're going to pass the test clearly. I think they're going to be fine. But it's still a question until they actually go out and do it. I agree, and and that's kind of the same thing with Northwestern, which I think is a good thing for them that they have new players since they couldn't get over the hump, but it's the same thing. I mean, on the women's side, of course, if I didn't already make that clear, we talked about that just a few minutes ago. It, it is a different ball game when, when you're going out there and playing in a conference tournament, and it's a winner-go-home situation, so they do have to prove it. I do think Bethany, though, is equipped for this kind of a task, and I, I think they will. They'll get it done and beat Morris for the third time this year. It's not necessarily going to shock me if the Cougars win, but I, I would say I'd be surprised, I guess. Not shocked, but surprised if Minnesota Morris pulls this one out. Your eyebrows will raise, but your jaw will not drop. I like Is that. that. That's actually that's that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, that's that's probably the way I'm looking at it. I, I would be a little like, huh, did not see that one coming. <laughs> but yeah, the jaw's not going to hit the floor. So, okay. 
this is the the one of my favorite ones to talk about. We'll wrap it with this one. It's Northwestern Superior. This is going to be a heck of a game. 2-3 men's side. It's going to be up in Superior. The two teams obviously met twice in the regular season like everybody does in this conference. And most recently in, in a game at the Erickson Center that quite frankly ended up deciding who got to be the two and who got to be the three. Superior wins that game 72-71. We talked about it. Maybe a controversial call at the end according to some, which I mean, I'm in that group. Put Javon Walker to the line. He makes both three throws and they end up winning the game. So then, you know, they're, they're going to be the two seed now, a big part because of that. Northwestern, though, I don't know. What what would you say about this matchup, Brian? And Northwestern, I guess, specifically this year, it's not a typical Northwestern team that we're used to seeing, yet they're still in the playoffs and are just two wins away from once again cutting down the nets. It's just kind of weird, though, with them this year, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, a chunk of years ago, Wyatt, when we look at it in the 2017-2018 uh, season, when Bethany beat Northwestern in the final that we were talking about earlier, they were a three seed that year. They went up to Duluth, won a game on the road, and then darn near won the final at Bethany. So, I mean, we normally see them as the number one, and the UMAC tournament runs through Roseville. It runs through Mankato this year, but don't count them out. I mean, they got plenty of talent. Obviously, it's different than past years, like you said, and it does feel a little bit different, but they're right there. Biggest thing I would say in this game, and I'm going to switch it over to you here in a second because you break this one down first, but same thing. Is it third time's the charm? And the first two games have been barn burners. First one, maybe not as basketball pleasing to a lot of people, kind of a rock fight in overtime. Neither team gets to 60, but the Jackets win. And then it was a showstopper at the Erickson Center a few weekends ago. So it, can it possibly live up to the hype again, Wyatt? Do we get another game between the Jackets and Northwestern that is a thriller? Oh, it can it can live up to the hype, Ryan, and I think it's going to. Like, I'll be honest with you. Of all the games I have an opportunity, let's say, to watch, uh, if all four are going to be played at the exact same time between the men's and the women's, which, by the way, are Would they? Be I a, guess I have a mistake. You, you know what's unique this year, Wyatt, which actually could you know allow for some overlap where I think there actually is going to be some? For the first time in I don't know how long, in like years we've been covering this league, there is no gym that is hosting two semis. Northwestern's yeah, that, only hosting a women's. Superior's that is, only hosting a men's. North Central's that only is hosting a women's, and Bethany's very, only hosting very a men's. Very interesting because there's so many programs that have both teams in too. Yeah. Morris has both teams in. Northwestern has both teams in. Like Superior has both teams in. There's three teams, but yet you're right. There's only one for each one. So that's that's very interesting that you say that. But yeah, so so. You didn't really answer my question, though. I haven't been able to look at all the tabs. Not all these games are being played at the exact same time, are they? Well, I know originally, and we'll get this maybe to wrap this episode, but originally it was slated where Northwestern men and women, I know, were both slated to tip off at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. So those were going to be played simultaneously. I don't know about the rest of it, but if that's any indication where they may not really care, if you will, because, again, you don't have to worry about, okay, we got to play two games in this gym tonight. Yeah, it's uh, let's just put it this way. If all four games, let's say, were going to be at the exact same time, this would be the one that I'd be tuning into. This, you don't this have is the four one I'm the screens? Most, if I had four screens, I have a couple, but Where's I don't have four. the man cave? I don't have four. I gotta, we're trying to save money to prepare for the <laughs> wedding, Ryan. We're not trying to spend money right now. So uh, if, if you want to loan me one or something by, by the time this uh, game starts or rolls around, feel free. But uh, it's it's going to be a heck of a game. I, I just, I you know, the two games in the regular season, for crying out loud, were decided by a grand total of four points. I mean, that's just incredible. It took overtime in the one game. So 
I, I could see it going either way. I really do feel like it's a coin flip 50-50. When I look at Northwestern, you've already brought it up when we recapped a couple of the games. I look at the guards. I think we know what we're going to get from Kyle Kamink. I think he easily could win player of the year. He's been phenomenal lately. But it comes down to the guys like Fuquay and Parker Bainey, you know, depending on who has the hot hand, which one of them is going to play down the stretch. Even other guys that, you know, have the potential of really doing some damage for Northwestern uh, that, you know, we're maybe not used to talking about. They got to be the ones, I think, that really step up and are the X factor in this game. So I think that's going to be crucial for Northwestern from that standpoint. On the other side, for Superior, when you look at this matchup, like you said, Fahrenholtz has been playing tremendous lately. I think they want to dig in defensively early, make it tough for Northwestern. You know, you mentioned they played Northwestern in a game into the 50s earlier this year at home. So can they do that again? Not that they want to score 57 points only, but if they win, they win. They're happy. Can they keep this a lower scoring game, make Northwestern prove that they can beat you with their defense? Because if this becomes a defensive battle, I feel like Coach Polkowski is sitting very happy trusting his guys and his defense to get the job done. When we think of Northwestern, we don't really think of their defense as being the reason they win games. So I think Superior wants that toughness. They want to make this a slugfest in that aspect. Try and keep this maybe a little bit lower scoring and then let your guys, Javon Walker, Farron Holtz, whatever, whoever it may be, I just, you know, those are the two that come to mind because they've been their two leaders all year. Let them go and win the game for you, do their thing. It's going to be a heck of a matchup. It really is. I, I really do think this is the toughest one to pick out of all four matchups. So I'll turn it over to you. What are you looking for? What are you expecting in this one? And then we can make our picks as we wrap up. If I'm Northwestern, everything that I do in trying to slow down Superior is aimed at 24 and white. I'm going at him early, whether it's 24 on 24 crime, which Fambula against Fahrenholtz is about as good as it gets for men being able to work on the block. And you know me, Wyatt. We need more old school stuff. Okay, officials, put the whistle in your pocket. Just let them bang on the block and let's see what happens. Okay, it, whether it's K-Mink getting downhill on him or post touches to Fambula or a Hoy Lean or a guard getting downhill, I'm trying to get Fahrenholtz in early foul trouble. And then on the defensive side of the coin, Fahrenholtz was red hot early against Northwestern in the Erickson Center a few weekends ago. Picking pops were deadly. Northwestern was flashing too, and they just said, okay, Fahrenholtz, if you want to pop out to the three-point line, fine. You got to defend it this time. Okay, newsflash, if you're Northwestern, you cannot have two, three early wide-open three-point looks from Fahrenholtz like he did to get him into a rhythm. Why? I think he's the biggest piece overall, most talented offensive player for the Jackets. And if I'm the Eagles, I'm saying, how can we get him in early foul trouble and we cannot let him get into a rhythm. Don't get me wrong. Javon Walker can make shots. He can make things happen off the dribble. Reed Johnson, when he's set up off the catch, if you're not out on him, he can make a lot of plays. Cornelius can do things off the dribble as well. Moberg, I can go down the line. But as far as the most gifted player, both ends of the floor to make an impact, defending the rim, getting to the rim, stepping out and hitting a jump shot, it's Joseph Fahrenholtz. If I'm Northwestern's coaches, I'm trying to find a way to say he will not beat us. Someone else has to beat us. We're going to get him into early foul trouble, and let's move it from there. I agree with you. If this is lower scoring late in the ballgame, I think the Jackets like that. And this is another one where one more time, Wyatt, team on the road, going into a semifinal matchup, they're saying it's third time's the charm. And especially with two games this tight, Wyatt, don't you think Coach Groves, his assistants, the players, everyone surrounding Northwestern just saying it's got to come up our way in one of these? If once more in the final minute, the game is up for grabs, heck, forget the final minute, the final 20 seconds, heck, forget that, the final 10 seconds with one guy pushing the ball up the floor with the game hanging in the balance, like Javon Walker did in the Erickson Center, it's got to go our way this time, doesn't it? 
If you're an Eagles supporter, player, coach, I think that's what you're saying. Isn't it, Wyatt? Like, if it's tight down the stretch again, there is no possible way we can lose for a third time to the same team in the final minute. But if you flip to the other side, the Jackets are saying, this is our year. We are the team of destiny. Ryan, it absolutely could happen. I understand they want to say that, but here's the deal. It absolutely could happen for a third time if it's a close game. Superior's good in close games, especially when they need to get stops defensively or make something happen. So it almost favors them the closer it is. So it could happen. Superior, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say team of destiny. What makes you say that? Well, the close wins, what they've been doing down the stretch here, we would see if it was in a championship contest what would happen, you know, if they played a Bethany or a Morris if an upset happens. But it feels different this year for them, Wyatt. Going all the way back to what happened in the year of 2022 before we hit the new year and their upset win over a top-10 team in John Carroll, all the way to what they've done offensively, closing the season on the stretch they have. I feel like a lot of things are coming up roses for the Jackets where it hasn't necessarily been that way in the past. And, and you know, everyone's healthy. I mean... I'm not predicting them, you know, right now they're going to win the whole thing. They're the absolute team of destiny. But I'm just saying, with the path that they've had, it kind of feels like the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, lots of last-second wins, finding ways to pick off huge wins. Like the Vikings winning on the road against the Buffalo Bills. It's the Jackets winning all the way down in Florida against John Carroll, a top-10 team. All the national pundits are giving them no chance. Their offense is finally clicking. They got a guy like Kirk Cousins who's leading the way, and Javon Walker setting up others, and Joseph Fahrenholtz on the other end doing his thing like Justin Jefferson. I'll stop it. But they feel like that kind of a team. But at the same time, you look at their first-round matchup, and you have question marks, and you're saying this could maybe turn the wrong way. If I'm a Jacket fan, though, I'm saying we've never had a better chance to beat Northwestern. We got a home game. Let's play. Let's roll the ball out and see what happens. But you got to make your pick first on this one. I don't know if Superior's happy with you comparing them to the Minnesota Vikings right now because I didn't like say said, what we, happened against we, the Giants. We but saw, people well, know. everybody knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> they're they're not even Vikings fans up there because they're on the other side of the border. I'm so sure they, they're probably. Some of them. I'm sure. Oh, well, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm sure they are. But the town itself, I mean, it's a Wisconsin town, so they were probably happy to see that go the way it did. This, this, like I said, I could go back and forth all day on this one. I've picked all the home teams to win up to this point, and I am going to break that trend here. And it's nothing against Superior or Coach Polkowski. It's just that Northwestern, like you said, tough to beat a team three times in the same season. They've won twice by a combined total of four points. I think Northwestern has the best player on the court, and Kyle came in coming into this game. I think that they'll be able to get their offense going early, and I don't think they'll be held by any means to 54. And I honestly think they'll probably score more than 71 as well in this game. I think their offense is going to break through finally against the Jackets in this game. They've done it before on the road in postseason play. They've done it at home. I understand there is a lot of new faces, but there's also a lot of experience with this Northwestern team, guys that have cut down the net before and played in big games. So I think they'll be able to come on the road, win this game. And like you said, the Jackets, a lot of close wins, including against Northwestern. I think it ends here in this matchup against the Eagles. I'll take Northwestern to win this game by a final score of 77-71. to 71. Unbelievable. I mean, you say all that stuff about it absolutely could happen, Wyatt. Or excuse me, Ryan. They're, they're it close. Could. They're really it good could. in close games. They can win down the stretch. And then you take Northwestern. Ryan, no eyebrows or jaws will be dropped <laughs> or raised for this matchup when we're looking at the score at, it, at the end of the day. Unless like, it's a it convincing win. That would be a surprise yeah, then maybe. not tight. Then maybe. Yeah, you're right. But like this is really going to every single possession. It's again, this would be the game I would watch if I only got to watch one of the four, let's say. This would be the one. It's going to be that good, I think. 
Yeah, what an opportunity for the Jackets. I don't know their la- the last time their men's team hosted a UMAC tournament contest. I'd have to go back again. This is where we need the research team. But, uh, yeah, enjoy it whenever this contest happens. I'm looking forward to it. I say all that, Wyatt. I'll just uh, cut to the chase. I'm thinking the same thing you are. And, again, truly, truly, folks, it is nothing against the Jackets whatsoever for what they've done this season. It feels like it could be the team of destiny. You like your chances. You should. You've already beaten Northwestern twice. Why not a third time? But again, it is going to be really tough to beat the same team three times, especially when you're so evenly matched. And Northwestern's been so good in these spots, not just at home, but on the road as well. I mentioned the last time I think they played period-wide, actually, a UMAC contest on the road. I was in the building for that one uh, up in Duluth against St. Scholastica. I'll never forget it. And a tight win down the stretch. I think in this ballgame, White, similar to what we've seen the past couple times. I think Northwestern is going to make a shot in the final minute to take the lead. They're going to either be trailing or tied going into the final minute on the road at the Mertz. I don't feel like they're going to build a lead early and try to hang on as they wear throughout the contest and just find a way to get out of there alive. I think they're going to have to make a play in the final minute of the ball game, and the ball is going to be in the hands of number 10 in purple. And I don't know if he's going to shoot it or if he's going to have to give it up to someone else. But you're going to need a little something from Fuquay or Pasternich. Those two guys, Wyatt, I feel like in this ball game got to at least combine for 15 points. You know, maybe they get to 20, 20 plus, but they got to be a factor. Micah made a huge shot against the Jackets that everyone forgets about because we had the foul committed by Kyle Kamink on Javon Walker in that very questionable call just a few minutes later, a few moments later, I should say. But Pasternich made the shot with six seconds left to put him in front. Is it another guy mm-hmm. like that who's not a so-called star who makes a play late for Northwestern to win it? Did you say a score? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I said 77 to 71. Don't underestimate Parker Bainey in this spot either. I, I know you're talking about the starting guards, but yep. you remember in the national championship a long time ago, Michigan-Louisville, you remember Trey Burke picked up a uh, lot of fouls. Who was, who was that guy from Michigan that scored like 20 points in the first half, was going Spike crazy? Spike Albrecht. Yeah, what a guy. I remember Spike. What what a moment that was. Is that could your we comparison? Something here? Is Parker Bainey Spike Albrecht? Because then I think we he needs to see, change his haircut just a little we bit. We could see a Spike Albrecht <laughs> type of performance is all <laughs> okay. I'm saying. is He's capable of okay. doing that if they need to find points from somewhere like you said he chipped in 11 in, in one of their more recent matchups so yep. he can score when they need him so i'm not saying it necessarily all has to be on the starting guards for northwestern yeah he could be on the floor late white you've said it so many times and you're exactly right who's the hot hand i mean that could determine whether it's fuquay or baney running the show down the stretch for northwestern it definitely could be the man they call agent zero the freshman in a huge spot on the road i'm saying it's a little closer i think northwestern wins this ball game 74 to 73. The Jackets oh. miss a shot in the waning seconds. Northwestern gets a rebound, throws it ahead, and survives and has a fun bus ride back to the Erickson Center. Then maybe they head to Mankato. You and I both think that'll happen. Or maybe, just maybe, they get some help from Morris and somehow they're hosting another UMAC championship. But yeah, I think this is going to be a barn burner, showstopper, spine tingler out at the Mertz, get on out there and load it up, make it a fun atmosphere for that one. It'll be a great game, no doubt about that. It should be a uh, fabulous atmosphere, like you said. lot to uh, you know be excited for in that matchup, and this may sound crazy, but uh, I would say, and, and again, this is just how much respect I have for Superior. I don't pick him Northwestern. I'd say Superior has the second best odds to win the entire thing right now. And not just because they're the number two seed. Like, if you had to ask me, 
who I would pick to like win it right now, I'd have them number two. But I don't like the matchup with Northwestern specifically in this spot. So that's why I'm going to go with Northwestern. Anything you want to add before we close it out? No, I mean, at the moment we're recording, just so folks know, and this is fluid and this could change really quick, but uh, we're still set for Wednesday. We're recording this on Monday afternoon for what it's worth, but this could change when we actually post the thing and you're listening to this. It could be pushed back, Wyatt. There's some snow shenanigans. Do you have any comment on that? I mean, is it an advantage for anyone? Do you like it where we could have what we had a season ago? This is speculation, but it is very much in play for what it's worth from folks that I'm talking to who are more involved with it, and I'll just leave it at that. But where we could have, again, Wyatt, Friday night semis and a championship on Sunday. Do you frown when you hear that? Do you shrug your shoulders? Are you excited about that? Do you like the idea of Friday night semis instead of Wednesday? What are you thinking? I mean, it, you got to put the safety of everybody in mind first, and there is a ton of snow coming in, so I get it. I don't like that it has to be moved back. I like the championship on a Saturday, and that's always kind of the way it's been done. If they push it back, though, it's it's for the safety of the players, everybody involved. I get it. It is what it is, and uh, we'll, we'll make it work like we did last year. So not uh, the ideal situation by any means, but if it happens, it happens, and we'll, like we said, we'll recap them. Once the games are played, that's one thing we can guarantee, even though we can't guarantee when they will be played. And we know it'll be these matchups. That That's not changing, thankfully. Like, we know the matchups that, that we previewed. That is also true. Whenever they happen, they're going to happen. So, yeah, selfishly, wide. I don't know if you'd be able to be more locked in on Wednesday or Friday because we could get into those shenanigans. But, Lord willing, I will be at the Erickson Center for whatever games are played. Well, and we know before... You know, we talk the next time. It'll be just one game in the women's semis. But you may have to help me out because I'm not going to be able to have eyes on anything, especially if all these are happening simultaneously in the other three ball games. I, I may only be locked into one game. So that that is unfortunate. If, if I'm not calling a game or anything, I'll be locked in. You don't have to worry about that. Good deal. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna need the help. And uh, listeners, we could use your help as well. If you have takeaways and are watching, as always, inbox is open, uaotheumac at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter as well. Otherwise, no, I don't have anything else. It's going to be a loaded week, Wyatt. We're going to do instant reaction uh, after the semifinal action on either Wednesday or Friday or whenever it happens and we're able to get these games in. But, yeah, I agree. Safety first, and uh, we'll be here to recap it all whenever semifinal action wraps up. Very good with that. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Tournament time, always a fun time of the year. We'll be back to recap the semifinals in our next edition. This is the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC Podcast.